Well, as usual, it's a huge honor to be here. Thank you so much for the kind invitation, the warm words, and hopefully you'll not be too disappointed. So it's good to be together as a family. One thing that uh, I have the privilege of doing is traveling around a little bit and seeing different kinds of churches, different styles of churches. And sometimes when you get locked into normal church as usual, you don't always see the bigger picture of what God is doing. And I'm here to really encourage you in your journey. I think that Highcomb's doing a great, great job working into the community and you're building a great family. And I'm thrilled that, um, that you're doing so well. But I want to talk on uh, an interest, I think it's an interesting subject, whether the message will be interesting is another thing. But uh, the subject I think is interesting. I want to talk about the in-between church, the in-between church. Very often it feels as though we're in between two worlds. It's as though we are recognizing that Jesus came 2,000 years ago and when he walked the earth he did remarkable things and, and, and often we're thinking of the church that is yet to come and we can read for instance in the book of Revelation, Revelation 7, it talks about a number that no man can number, a whole multitude which is the church if you like in heaven of every nation, tribe, tongue, ethnic group. We know that the future is bright. We look back often on the ministry and life of Jesus. We look back on church history and revivals. And sometimes it feels as though we are in the in-between bit. It's as though the things that happened in Jesus' day, we don't always see happening. The things that are yet to come in terms of a mature church, we don't always see that. We don't always see what we're praying for. Thank God for praise reports today. But it's not everybody's story, is it, that everything works out as we would like. And sometimes it feels as though we're in between two things. A lady who greatly influenced my life years ago was a lady called Jean Darnell. And she wrote a book which was called Life in the Overlap. And that's what she was talking about. Almost the, the life that we're living here on earth overlaps with all our expectations and our promises that we believe are in the Bible. We're living in an interesting season, aren't we? I don't know if you've been watching the debates, political agendas and so on. And what I'm noticing is that every party is bringing huge promises, huge promises. And uh, whichever uh, side you're on and however you view these things, you kind of think that these are huge, big promises. But the question is, will they be fulfilled? And I'm here to say that God has put huge promises out in his word, in his world. But one thing we can be absolutely sure of, he will keep every promise that he has made. But sometimes it feels as though we're in the overlap. It feels as though we're not quite there. It feels as though even, I mean, think about this in terms of the, the location you're in. We're, we're blessed, we're growing but we're not where we'd love to be. We're making influence into society. Things are happening, but we wish there was more. And I want to grapple with this a little bit, because sometimes churches like ours, if you're in a good mood, you're connecting, and everybody's singing and worshiping, but if you're going through some problems, sometimes as the music strikes up, you're thinking, I'm not sure I can enter into this. My life is too difficult at the moment. That's because we're in 
what I'm calling church in the overlap or church in between. You see, let me put it this way. The kingdom of God has come. When Jesus stepped onto planet Earth, the kingdom came. Now, let me backtrack slightly because the word kingdom, we, only, we don't think of that word too much. There are kingdoms in the world, but we don't think, of course, we talk about the United Kingdom, but we don't use that language too much. For there to be a kingdom, you need two things. You need a king and a domain, a kingdom. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus stepped into our world, the kingdom came. In other words, God's rule, God's best, that which is in heaven, came in human form onto our earth, and Jesus, literally, as the Son of God, walked this earth, and the kingdom came. So the kingdom has come. But the Bible tells us that while we are here, we're in an in-between scene because the kingdom is coming. This morning, there may be someone who becomes a Christian for the first time. That is an evidence of God's kingdom, his rule, coming. So his rule in a human heart will happen all over our world today on this Sunday. The kingdom will grow. The kingdom is coming. Every time a person is healed of a sickness, the kingdom comes. But the kingdom has not yet fully come. When you read about where this stuff's going, there will be a day when every tear is wiped away. There will be a day when there's no pain and suffering, where there's no loneliness and fear for those who come under the direct rule of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The kingdom will come fully. Jesus Christ is Lord now, but he's not always seen to be Lord because we're in a mixed feeling of a battle area between lightness and light and darkness, and we feel it intensely, don't we? We feel it sometimes on a daily basis. Sometimes I do some stuff and I think everybody will be happy because I'm just trying to be kind, or I want to bring something good. And then you get a finger waggling at you, saying you call yourself a Christian, and you know there's so much suffering in the world, and how can you equate a God of love with all of this stuff? And I understand something something of that because we in our life also as a family, have been through some struggles where you would think you would pray a prayer and you get freed up. And what we're singing today, I thoroughly, with all of my heart, believe that in the name of Jesus, chains break. But sometimes you have to wait around a little. And sometimes you have to go through some struggles. And sometimes if we have a rah-rah theology that everything is fine, you have to read church history a little and you find it is littered with church martyrs. Most of the disciples were martyred for the faith. And if we were to live in certain parts of the world today, it would be very, very difficult for us to speak a triumphalistic now moment with the suffering that's going on. And this is the tension. We're able to sing great proclamation songs today because they're all true, but we're in the church in between. So if you're happy, I'll try and look a little bit at what I think this could feel like. You see, the kingdom has come, but it has not yet come in all its fullness. The church is not fully formed. We all know that. It's not mature, but there will be a day when we are united in the faith. And uh, 
the Bible speaks of a, of a, a wedding where the bride of Christ, the picture of the church, without spot or wrinkle, no grumblings, no messing, right with God, pure, no shame, no sickness, no fear, no death, because Jesus has defeated the powers of sin and death and hell. So the church is not yet fully formed and mature, and the kingdom has not yet fully come. So if you come with me, I want to talk about these three phases. Firstly, the kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. Remember, we're talking about a king, Jesus, and a domain, a dominion. Jesus has come. And God, who created the heavens and the earth and brought life to our world, stepped down in human form, and we're going to be coming on to the Christmas message, aren't we? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, God is not remote in heaven somewhere, but he sent his one and only son, fleshed it out in this earth, knows how it feels to be rejected, knows how it feels to be hurt, knows how it feels to be human. He was fully human, and as Joe said earlier, fully God. So God's rule came into our earth, the kingdom has come. How do we know that? Well, Jesus in the Gospels, read about this, he declared this little phrase, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus started to walk around the area and as he began to bring God's world into our world or God's rule into our world, things started to happen. God's dominion started to break out on the earth. And if you read through the Gospels, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, I just encourage you, get hold of a Bible, but don't start with Leviticus in the Old Testament. Start with the book of Mark, which is short, sharp. This is what happened. Jesus did this, this, this. He went from this place to that place. And this little phrase, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus said that. What do you think that means? Well, I believe that when Jesus came on the earth, that which was in heaven, he started to pull down, it's at hand, pulled it down into our world and said, in heaven there are no blind people, in, be healed. And immediately God's rule kicked into earth and blind eyes were opened. Lepers were healed. People who had been away from God started to... Jesus, you see, gave himself to the poor and the needy first. Imagine this, 5,000 people need, need feeding. How are you going to do that? Well, ask your disciples, can't do it. But Jesus took hold of the bread and fish. It was blessed by him. And then he started to distribute just five loaves, two fish, and fed 5,000. You can't do that under a political regime today, whatever the promises are, but God can do it in Jesus' name. 5,000 fed and 12 basketfuls left over. Now, some people will say, this is just crazy stuff. I can't believe this. Can't get my head around it. But actually, if you read the gospel accounts, when the kingdom came, things that had never happened before started to happen. People were healed, Crowds were blessed, people were fed, just three years of ministry, blind eyes were opened, lepers were healed. On one occasion, a guy who'd been in a grave for over three days, Lazarus, come out and immediately the resurrection and the life kicked into being Jesus, the Son of God. The kingdom came. 
Now, wouldn't it be great if the kingdom came with that intensity this morning? I'll tell you this, in certain parts of the world, it happens like that. I have the privilege of meeting with people who are seeing things on a regular basis to do with God's rule and God's kingdom coming. So Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when he said that, he started to speak God's will into our world. You see, God's will for this world was excellence. It's very good. But sin entered it, selfishness entered it. Our world was spoiled, but when Jesus came, he came to save us. He came to restore God's plan, and he started to speak God's will into the world, which is very good, which is to do with freedom. It's to do with wholeness. It's to do with life. And when Jesus was with his disciples, he was telling them, this is how you need to pray. When you pray, pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught the disciples to get handfuls of heaven and bring them down. And so the disciples started to move in healing power and in miracles. And the kingdom came. The kingdom started to come. Firstly, just a a few. Then it began to intensify. Then it began to grow until Jesus eventually says, it's to your advantage to go away because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so that what's happening in a little geographical Middle Eastern area can begin to move into other areas, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth, and the kingdom which came in Bethlehem that day has been expanding and growing and advancing every day for 2,000 years until right across the world today, the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. Anybody that needs Jesus today can reach out and heaven's rule will take hold of your life if that's what you want. And if you're unsettled with selfishness and sin and just doing things your way, and if you're thinking there must be more to life than just 70 years, I I believe this. I'm 68, right? I believe this, that there's more to living than just 70 or 80 years on the earth. I believe God's intentions are eternal life and the kingdom has come. Now, I hope as a a life hiking, you're convinced the kingdom has come. But the beauty is, and this is why we do this on a regular basis, the kingdom is coming. The kingdom has not fully come. You see, Jesus demonstrated the life and power of the kingdom. And then he said to his disciples, I'm going to commission you now to go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out demonic forces, heal the sick, raise the dead. And he set the disciples off and said, the kingdom's come. It's at hand now. And now the kingdom's going to come. Wherever you go, carry the kingdom. Wherever you go, carry the kingdom. And the message to us as believers is this, wherever you go, carry the kingdom. Begin to speak God's word. Begin to have faith in God. And uh, I'll come on to the frustrations of this. You do know that vision and frustration are pretty much the same thing. When you see something, but you can't quite get there. Well, God's going to help us to see that every day the kingdom advances. So the kingdom is coming. So if you follow on from the Gospels and go into the book of Acts, my favorite book in the New Testament other than the Gospels, you see there a powerful church beginning to be mobilized to, to bring the kingdom, firstly Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then ends of the earth. We have the joyful uh, uh, 
experience of being able to read church history and see that now this message that was proclaimed by Jesus is right across the earth. The kingdom is coming. I want to say it again. The kingdom is going to come today. The kingdom is coming. I'm expecting that. Every time a person becomes a Christian, God's rule comes and the kingdom is expanded. I'm really pushing through for more uh, proclamation of the truth that Jesus heals today. The kingdom is coming. We've been through some battles. Our son had cancer at the age of 16. We know what it's like to be the in-between, knowing the promises of God, but not quite pushing through. We live in a scarred and hurting world, and there's tension in this. But more and more, I'm believing that as we pray for people, the kingdom gets demonstrated. If any of you were at the one event, you will have seen firsthand the demonstration of the kingdom coming. Very briefly, let me tell you the story of Claire. I'm still in touch with her. Claire had been 17 years being pushed around by her husband in a wheelchair. For the last five years, she'd come to a bed and breakfast in that wheelchair, had stayed there. Her husband pushed her to the meetings, the one event, every year for five years. This year, she came into uh, a meeting, and actually, when she left the meeting, a guy who'd only been a Christian for a short period of time, an ex-addict, came to her and said, um, you shouldn't be in that wheelchair, Jesus can heal you. Now, if you've been in these tension moments, you feel like slapping someone when they say that, because you're thinking, I've been prayed for over and over and over again, nothing's happened, but she was polite, and she said, well, I've been prayed for many times, and he said, no, you, you can be healed. And, and he said, in fact, in the morning you'll be healed. Walked off, right? The next morning she's in the bed and breakfast. She's in the bathroom. And all of a sudden she, she walks out of the door, walks down the stairs. Her husband rushes out and says, you know, you'll fall. You know, you need your chair. She walks down in front of the, the, the guests there. And she was totally healed. Now, she came to the meeting, told us the story. That night, the bed and breakfast, the owners are not Christians, but they put out on, on a tweet, this lady has been coming to our bed and breakfast for five years in a wheelchair. She went to the one event on the showground and came back walking. Explanation marks, lots of smiles. And... She was healed. What happened? God's rule came. It happened just like that. Now, I wish it would happen just like that all the time. I pray for lots of people. They don't get healed. I remember John Wimber prayed for loads of people. You might not know that name, but John Wimber saw incredible healings. He prayed for lots and lots of people. A man called uh, uh, Reinhard Bonnke has seen thousands healed, but he's struggling with cancer at the moment. And this is the mystery. This is what I want to get across to us, that there's something that's happening in our time that's in between. It's in between seasons. And you've got to be strong in an in-between season. You see, the kingdom of heaven is coming. It's coming. It could come dramatically today. 
or it could come silently when someone's heart is opened like a flower as the sun shines. It will open. I'm going to Leeds tonight for a, heal, a set of healing meetings. I'm believing the kingdom's going to visit Leeds tonight, and I passionately believe we're seeing it. We've set up on, fr- on Sunday evenings once a month a, a worship experience thing where we always pray for the, for the sick. On the first of those, a guy from Bethel, some of you know of the work of Bethel, I know this guy personally, blind in one eye. He came out for prayer. At the end of that, his eye opened and he could see. The kingdom has come. I know this to be true because on the Sunday, the leader of that Bethel house got him out and covered up his other eye and said, read for us from the Bible today. He could read it. He can see the kingdom of God has come. Now, some of you may be saying, well... You know, what about the ones that don't get healed? Well, that's where I'm going at the moment. You see, I've been in touch with Claire. The doctor has actually uh, stated something doctors don't normally do, which was this must be a miracle. She sent the, the written stuff. He said, these things don't happen, but it happened in your case. And I'm here to stir us up a little and to say the kingdom is coming. The kingdom is coming. Let's backtrack. What's the kingdom? The rule of God, the way God wants it. Folks, God doesn't want us broken. He doesn't want us depressed. He doesn't want us in darkness. He doesn't want us marginalized. He wants us to live life in all of its fullness. But something happened in God's world that harmed it, tainted it. It's known as sin. It's known as selfishness, where mankind thought they could do it better than God. And that's what the gospel is. The gospel's calling people back to God and the kingdom of God coming. And today, the rule of God can be known in your life today. So the kingdom has come. The kingdom is coming. Thirdly, the kingdom has not fully come. The kingdom has not fully come. Now, I know there's a time restraint and I'll do my jolly best. The problem is that when this stuff, you see, we've got a mediocre church in the West. We've got a church that can take it or leave it. We have congregations even alive that if there's a bit of pressure on, let's stay from the meetings. No, I want to be in every meeting at the moment in case the kingdom comes dramatically. There are lots of people that miss the miracles. In the Welsh revivals, when this stuff happened for a concerted period of time, there were those that were so disgruntled and upset with church that they missed the miracles. I don't want to miss the miracles. I want to be a part of it, but I also want to strength in Christ, that means if I'm prayed for and not healed, you know, I don't spit my dummy out. I keep trusting. I keep believing because I recognize the kingdom is yet to come in all of its fullness. So I will not say too much more, otherwise our time will go through. But that's why we need to keep praying because the kingdom has not fully come. We need to be able to understand this little word mystery, mystery. I'm grappling with some pastoral issues in one of our locations at the moment that are so sad and hard. There's a particular young man today uh, in an operation. Um, His mental ability means that he's fearful, he's afraid. His mum had to sit in accident and emergency right through the night. She's now in a second day without any sleep, trying to get some help for a young guy who fell down some stairs. And I'd like to be able to put my hand on his head 
and say in the name of Jesus, get up. And it, it may happen, it could happen. And the way it happens is you keep praying. But I'll tell you what, you've got to have a faith that allows you to sit by the side of a son that's not getting healed and still believe there's a God in heaven who has power over all. That's why I want to keep telling you the kingdom's yet to come in all of its fullness. Pray for it. When G Jesus said, when you pray, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why Jesus, why, why did he give the Lord's prayer, the disciples' prayer? Why did he give that? Because he knew you've got to keep on pulling heaven down. A friend of mine, Gerald Coates, years ago, framed this little thing. He said, read the future. You see, in the future, there's no sickness. We've got to raid that. How do you raid it? Well, you raid it by faith. And you raid it with a good sense of humor. And you raid it with a sense of mystery. And a sense that you'll still keep going. And a sense that this world, though it seems as though it's tragic and it seems as though it's hard, it's a short thing. And even people that suffer exceedingly, ultimately it's a short thing in terms of the promises for the future, which are eternal. The more we pray, the more we'll see. You see, the church continues to be the body of Christ on earth. So what Jesus did, the church begins to do. The kingdom is coming, but it's not come in its fullness. Let me conclude with my week, a bit of it. You know, this, this job has its blessings, but it has huge frustrations. Because we're wanting to see God's kingdom touch the city of Lincoln profoundly and shift things. We're wanting to play our part in the unity movement across the nation. And we want to see the kingdom come more fully. And I'm committed to that. But sometimes it feels as though we make two steps forward and one step back. You get a Christian that's blessed and you get another that's grumpy and you have to live with the church in between. And sometimes it winds me up internally and I say, Lord, please let the fruit of the Spirit work in me because I don't want to slap people as a pastor. I want to bless people. I want to stand with them. I want to smile. I don't want to be a grumpy old dad at the end of my days. But sometimes frustration and vision are very similar. So let, let me tell you, Wednesday, this is an up-to-date story, Wednesday I got up grumpy. You can share it. Happens, it's happened once, okay? <laughs> Believe that. I got up grumpy Wednesday because I had to go to a conference and I'd booked it a long time ago and because of busyness I thought, you know, do I want to do this today? And it was in, it was not too far away and it was a, Sounded very grand. It was a round table on the church in Europe. And I thought, I'm having enough struggles, you know, the church here, let alone Europe. But because I'd been invited, and it was by a special invitation, there were about 50 people invited, I felt compelled to go. But I did not go with any measure of faith. In fact, when I got there, there was no parking. I didn't have any change. This is the church in between. I'm thinking I could now turn back and go home. I haven't even got change to pay for the jolly car park. And I'm getting frustrated and thinking, do I need to be here? And so I go into this meeting and it's called Europe Shall Be Saved. 
And I don't know how you feel sometimes when you're grappling with normality and you think, well, of course Europe should be saved. You know, why give a, why give a conference to Europe shall be saved? Because we believe Europe should be saved. And then I heard this story. A man by video uh, was uh, brought into our discussions. A, a Swiss guy, a French guy living in Switzerland. And this was his story. At the age of six, he was... He became a Christian just as a little boy. And he was filled with the Holy Spirit and started to speak in tongues at the age of six. And then he heard a visible voice say, Europe shall be saved. This little guy carried that message for almost 60 years. And then one day he met Reinhard Bonnke, the great healing evangelist, and he heard him speak. And, and Reinhard Bonnke said, Africa shall be saved. And he thought, if God said that to Reinhard, perhaps he said that to me as a little boy, and he asked if he could meet Reinhard. And Reinhard took him under his wings. Reinhard's a healing evangelist from uh, Germany. And uh, Reinhard said, why don't you come on my next crusade to Nigeria? Now, if you go to the Guinness Book of Records, you'll find the largest, largest meeting that's ever gathered on planet Earth is, uh, is Reinhard Bonnke, or it was at the time. And... Millions of people gathered to hear Reinhard Bonnke. 1.1 million made a decision to follow Jesus. This, this guy, this Swiss guy, was in that meeting, saw it. Uh, uh, I'm going on a bit. At, at first, the first meeting, there were 250,000 there, and this guy was bubbling over. This is amazing, this is amazing. And Reinhard said, no, this is the counseling group. This is the church leaders. We haven't got the crowd yet. And so he sees the crowd, and Reinhard turns to him and said, what you've seen in Africa, and anyone that's read, and crowds and crowds coming to faith in Africa at the moment. He turned to this guy and said, what, you've, what I'm seeing in Africa, you will see in Europe. And then we heard of story after story of nations across Europe. I never knew any of this. God's doing stuff under the radar I'll tell you what, it's one of the best days I've had for a long, long time. That's why I'm kind of souped up a little, because the kingdom's coming. You see, the kingdom's coming. A guy sat next to me, we're in a small group, and uh, he'd not said anything. And he said, well, I've not too much to share. And then he said, no, share a story. And this guy's a, a prophet attached to some movement. And the guy said, uh, oh, well, perhaps I could share this. He said, the other day, I'm on the phone to a Malawian bishop, and we're talking about revival. And from round the corner, my wife says, can you come and sort out this fish? He's saying, I don't know what she's talking about. I'll phone you back in a minute or two. He then goes to his wife, and she says, you'll never believe this. She said, a live fish just dropped from the sky onto our front doorstep. What shall I do? Well, this fish is wriggling there. Folks, the skeptics are really working this morning, I'm sure. But he showed me the picture of this, this attractive carp in his hands that he picked up. It was living. He says there's no pools, no lakes, there was no wind. It dropped from heaven. And so being a prophet, he says, what do I, what's this about, Lord? And he says, the kingdom's coming. And, and God said to him, I'm going to bring fish to your doorstep. And from that day until today, he's been leading people to Christ on the doorstep. They've been coming to faith. 
I think that's a good story, guys. I heard it Wednesday. It was just one of many. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom of God is at hand. His rule is coming to our earth. In the political scene in Britain today, what our world needs today is a church that carries the mandate. God's rule, God's kingdom is on the way. It's come in Jesus. It's coming through his church. And it will come in all its fullness when Jesus returns and says, Time, ladies and gentlemen, please. The end of all things. No more tears. No more pain. No more sickness. But if you are in the church in between and you're feeling miffed, keep on going. Keep on trusting. Because Jesus Christ really is Lord. God bless you all.